0: Welcome to the Power Hour, brought to you by Chelan County PUD. Today, Andy Wendell, Chelan PUD's Director of Customer Service and Stakeholder Outreach, answers your questions about power and growth, AMI smart meters, squirrels and outages, the new service center, and much more. Episode 9 was recorded live on September 7th, 2022. Subscribe to the Power Hour and never miss an episode. I'm your host, Lacey Stockton. Let's dive in. Hello, Andy.
1: Hey, Lacey. How's it going? I love the introduction. Great. Great.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, they don't yeah. have fly fishing gear in my animation software. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just standard. You're wearing shoes, not waiters. I know, but.
1: <laughs> you, you did great. My only ask next time is to make my hair a little bit darker.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I know. It's hard. Like, I try to, you know, look on images because we've actually yeah. never met in person still. Oh, this wow. day. That's um
1: sad. You're just so the Yeah,
0: I know. This is this is bad. I was a COVID hire. What do you do? It, yeah. over two years ago Right. <laughs> <have> no excuses
1: <laughs> oh yeah there's a lot of new employees that unfortunately i don't know their names i don't know where they work i need to get out of my office more for sure yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah totally okay cool so, well thank you for joining us mm-hmm. for all the folks I'm watching right now um they can drop their questions into the chat and i can read those for you you can answer them live here on the power hour um But we just wanted to queue it up. We have a couple of questions that folks sent in that are a little bit timely because it's hot this summer. And so there's a lot going on with the Western grid in particular. Um, I am curious. I'm just going to start with some California references. Is that OK? OK.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Sean was curious. You know, California, it seems like this time of year gets really hot. They do these things called flex alerts. Are we going to have issues like they are with blackouts?
1: yeah sean thanks that's a great question um and uh unfortunately there's some pretty big challenges on the west coast texas california we hear a lot about that on the news about those blackouts and you know exceeding the electric systems capacity down there um, with all the growth and expansion so the good news is here in north central washington and, and sean county in particular we definitely have an abundance of electricity. And uh, as a result, we are not facing uh, those types of blackouts or rolling brownouts as they refer to them. In fact, with our three hydroelectric power plants on the Columbia River, Schlein County PUD produces far more energy than we use locally in our county. About 80% of our power that we generate is sold out on the market, including to California. Um, And the remaining 20% is power that we use here locally. Now, we do have some challenges, of course, with our distribution system and delivering that power from our hydro projects to our customers' homes. Um, And we need to be cautious about um, those delivery systems. And we continually look at that through our modeling and our forecasting to try to build new lines and substations and things to make sure we can deliver that power from our hydro projects to our customers. The bottom line, Lacey and and Sean, is that we do not have um, any any forecasts or any need to do blackouts um, now or likely into the into the future. Sorry. Yeah. I was muted. Oh, okay. That's all right. Yeah.
0: It's a it's a one-woman show over here. I do the,
1: right I do on. the screen and Doing sometimes everything. I forget when I mute myself. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah,
0: no. So folks don't need to go out and like I've a few friends in California. Don't tell anyone. Um but they've they've gone and gotten generators because yeah. there's this fear of, you know, well, what if what if our power goes out? We don't want to you know, lose everything in the fridge or we have medically necess- you know, needed devices. But here, that's not something that you would necessarily recommend.
1: No, um, uh, certainly we do have, um, what's unique is California is clearly uh, has high demand year round and the temperatures are relatively consistent from winter to summer. They are a summer peaking uh, region, meaning they have, they consume the most energy during the heat of the summer. In Chelan County, we're just the opposite. Um, Because of our cold winters, we have winter peaking. So our system is stressed the most on that coldest day of the year in January. January or February. In the summertime, it's relatively moderate. Um, as you know, Lacey, it can certainly get warm here, uh, but we are we are a winter peaking utility. That said, um, some of our customers in the rural areas of Sun County, they they do um, buy generators in the event of a major winter storm or something of that nature. In my tenure here, Lacey, I think uh, two days has been the longest power outage and that was in a very remote area in the mountainous terrains of Lake Wenatchee in that area. Generally speaking, our power outages, our interruptions in service are really small and short in duration, knock on wood, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I think we were really spoiled in Chelan County. Um, I've lived in other places where The power goes out frequently um and for a lot longer times than i've been here but yeah uh there has been some chatter if you will about all this squirrel related Uh, stuff this summer do you have a yeah
1: yeah squirrels related power outages you know um a lot of people just might not even be aware but those pesky squirrels can really cause challenges for us to keep the lights on a lot of our infrastructure and about half of the 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 power lines in shawne county and really in most utilities uh the um the 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 overhead power lines are subject to outages related to of course weather um extreme weather conditions but also animals um, and birds Um, birds and squirrels in particular are two of the two of the highest contributors to power outages or interruptions in service um not only here at chland county pud but um, all over the united states Um, now there's some things that we're doing Lacey. we're we're definitely um, looking at a variety of different technologies um, and uh, protection schemes such as improved fusing and um kind of coordination of our electric system to minimize the amount of outage but, but also reduce the duration of the outage and then we're doing some basic stuff that uh we're putting animal guards up on the transformers and other electric equipment um where uh the those uh, squirrels or birds would get in between you know wires and and uh, electrical components and um Uh, some of the squirrel guards that we were putting on um, obviously will allow them to continue to crawl around on that stuff, but not create an outage. So um, it's a big challenge for us and (laughs) it seems like there's a big increase in squirrel outages. And we looked at the data this year and it's, it's basically tripling every year for the last five years in terms of the number of outages. That Why? We, what's we've what's seen. the beta
0: on squirrel populations? Are they like exploding or? What, yeah, what's going on? yeah.
1: I think that there is. Um, uh, we hear a lot about rats, and they do also create power outages, both for <laughs> overhead and underground. But squirrels, in particular, are they're they're just uh, you know they're they're growing in numbers here in in the region. Um, and we have gone through cycles. In fact, I was talking to one of our operations managers just, just this morning, and it was about 15 years ago, we saw kind of a, a increase in, in squirrel outage, um, squirrel outages across our system and they just kind of tapered through. So, you know, maybe the population of them cycles through every 15 years, hopefully we're on the downhill side, but it doesn't look like it right now. So we're doing what we can, um, you know a couple things that our customers can do um, that's really important is if we do have outages um, associated with squirrels or they see squirrels in and around transformers or electric equipment call us let us know the location tell us your address we can make sure that we have um, the right animal guardian on those transformers in people's backyards or or now you're going to be inundated with
0: calls of people saying i have a squirrel in my backyard (laughs)
1: listen if it saves a power outage we're okay with that you know just let us know where there's squirrel activity the other thing to do is and this is a tough one because in the wintertime lacy people of course want to feed those animals they think they're starving or whatever but you know if you can just kind of avoid feeding (laughs) the squirrels you know if you can avoid feeding the squirrels that's that's great it doesn't encourage their living there at that location so
0: okay all right cool so you're on it you're on it and yeah you, you yeah. would love some calls about elevated squirrel activity near power yeah Island. yeah sure
1: <laughs> if you got a name for them let us know the name If they, you know I'm, I'm kidding yeah
0: like did the linemen we can let go of this soon but like did the linemen find the squirrel is that how the source has got or they
1: generally speaking if there's a power outage associated with an animal whether it's a bird or a squirrel um they find they find evidence and usually that's in the form of you know a charred bird or um or a squirrel but it's and i know that's a little grotesque but um we, yeah, yeah so we
0: have an animal lover josh is asking how do we make our infrastructure safer for our furry friends
1: well that's a good, that's a good question and Josh thanks for asking that question. Everybody loves to see them and and uh you know they're they're generally a friendly animal. Um but again we're we're doing what we can to um install those animal guards on on those pieces of equipment. In some cases uh in rural areas, uh, particular areas that are particular areas that are subject to wildfires we're converting overhead lines to underground which significantly reduces um you know outages with with squirrels as well and then there's uh there's another uh wire that's called tree guard wire and it's it's something that we don't use in our system today but we're actually looking at the feasibility that today does two things one is it it uh it's an insulated overhead wire Um, so when trees fall across it it doesn't necessarily uh you know create sparks or or fires which is the primary um, benefit of that wire but also it minimizes you know squirrels coming into contact with that open conductor that open wire so it does reduce some animal outages as well so we're looking at some new technologies we're visiting with other utilities what they're doing to, to resolve those issues and how they're handling them. Um, it's not just here in Chelan County, but um, yeah. I, Josh, I hope you're not feeding those squirrels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. We have another question for you. How are the PUD's growth projections looking and how many new substations do you anticipate you'll need to build in the coming years?
1: Yeah, so it... Doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that Chelan County is growing in particular. Just take a drive up to Lake Chelan or the West Wenatchee Foothills or up in Leavenworth. I mean, this area is growing exponentially. In fact, I was reporting to our Board of Commission um, about a year ago about some of the growth trends that we were seeing in 2020 and 2021. And we were, I want to say, if I recall right, we were the third fastest growing county within the state of Washington. So um, if that tells you anything in terms of electric consumption, um, we are seeing uh, growth there as well. So we're seeing more homes built, more customers, uh, more businesses uh, coming into the area. Um, and uh, as a result, we, we need to keep up with that growth. Um, we don't incent growth um and what i mean by we're that we're just the
0: power company we're just power not, company we're not That's building right. homes
1: we don't discourage it nor incentive we respond to that growth and so the way we do that is we try to forecast our energy uh, demands on our system and we do that over about a 10-year horizon um right now uh we're forecasting a little over one and a half percent per year now that doesn't necessarily translate translate it into um You know, a big number for for people, one and a half percent, seems manageable. But from a system standpoint, we have pockets of growth. Um, Let's take the North Shore of Lake Chelan as an example. I mean, there's just a massive amount of people moving there. And then people that had second homes there, Lacey, are actually living there permanently now with our fiber optic system, ways to be able to work remotely. Um, What was once a vacation home is now. A, a full-time resident. So we're seeing increased demand associated with that. So make long story short, we have to build new substations and power lines to serve all of those pockets of customers um, and new construction. In our forecast, we're forecasting 13 new substations um, across Chelan County. Right now, we 13. have a total- Thirteen. We we have a total of about thirty five substations right now. So thirteen. 13 is, is insane. You know, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. our forecast over the next uh, you know ten years, and we're planning to build one new one a year. Um, and we're we're very active on that. I think seven of the prop, or seven of the substations we have properties now, and uh, so we're we're working through the the design and shortly into the construction phase of things. We're still looking for property for the additional six that are that are remaining out there, but it's a challenge. Those substations are expensive; they're um, they can rent mm-hmm. anywhere between three and seven million dollars a piece. Um, it's a real real challenge both financially and uh, just to resource the construction of those, um, um, yeah, acquiring materials, the, the transformers, things. It's a big challenge for us. It's one of Absolutely. our number one challenges so
0: we have a very important uh delbert power question is there <laughs> a correlation to the growth of population and the squirrel growth population
1: you know i that's a good question probably some kind of correlation you know the other thing is that <laughs> the other thing is that if you you know i've been here in this valley for 32 years now lacy and when you drive up through the residential areas of wenatchee the canopy it was you know 30 years ago you know, the trees were smaller. There wasn't, you know, a lot of them per se. I mean, some of the older neighborhoods there were. Um, but there is definitely, uh, you know, those homes that were that, that were built in the 1990s and they put that small fir tree in that was a foot or two tall. It's, it's now 60 feet tall and a full canopy mm-hmm. and a great living space. So I, you know, I'm not a biologist, but you could presume that there's a lot more uh, areas for those squirrels and and birds to to live within you know our neighborhoods and as a result they're running around on our power lines and creating havoc so
0: yeah we're just making homes for our furry friends yeah <laughs> okay cool is there anything else you wanted to mention about this you know anticipated growth I, I mean to say that we have you know low 30s and we're adding 13 that's that's a lot of additional substations that are going in yeah Um, will it impact you know people often ask about how things impact our rates or reliability Mm -hmm. or any of that
1: yeah no those are those are great questions we are faced with a big price tag on those uh you know we're forecasting around 70 million dollars over the next 10 years Um, with that we're not forecasting rate increases Um, and our board of commission through our strategic planning process engaged our community and said look we have to respond to this, this growing demand. It costs money. How do you want us to recover that money? Would you like us to build it into rates or would you like us to you know, have fees and charges and other um, upfront capital charges to recover those costs? Um, and they the community basically came back and said, hey, we want you to respond to growth. We want you to build the infrastructure to support them. Um, and we want you to do it a little bit through rates, but primarily through the fees and charges and so what that means is that supports what our what we call our growth pace for growth philosophy. so new construction essentially would pay for the cost for the capital infrastructure uh mm-hmm. to 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 build to build these substations so in fact, in twenty twenty Two, in april of 2022 we adopted a new system impact fee um that for new services uh, so to give you a perspective of what what that is for a residential service a new residential service um it's about $1,200 to connect to the system for a new residential service. Depends on the size of the service and that. But Mm -hmm. um, so that's how we plan to recover those costs. And that supports, again, that supports the district's philosophy of growth pays for growth.
0: So how do we keep our rates so darn cheap?
1: Well, um, that's another great question. And this is something, Lacey, that I, I don't think very many of our customer owners understand kind of the financials or the, the um, the the rates associated with, with Schlendt County PUD. Of course, I think everybody recognizes we have low rates and that's important and-, um, and The second heard,
0: lowest in the country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> second low. lowest in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah some of the very,
1: lowest. <laughs> right, some of the lowest in the country. And how do we do that? Um, well, there's a couple of ways that we do that. And one is that power that I, I talked about that we generate um 80% of the power that we generate through our hydro projects is sold out on the market either sold through long-term power sales contracts or kind of the the spot market daily markets there's a variety of different ways we sell that and market that power with the revenue if you're mm-hmm.
0: if you're interested in that Sean Smith, who is in uh, in charge of our energy trading, he's going to be here in October. Just a little awesome. plug. He will that answer will all be a those good trading questions. So yeah, go ahead.
1: that that Lacey, that'll be a good one. Yeah, tune into that. I'm going to tune into that one for sure. Uh, but essentially, we can yield um, a lot more revenue for that power that we generate on the markets than we do locally. Okay. Um, that said, we serve our customers locally first, and we have an obligation to serve them and we will continue to do that. But what we do with those revenues uh, that we we uh, get from what we call our off-system sales, um, we bring those in and we buy our rates down for our customers. Um, you could call it a subsidy, you could call it a contribution, um, but we buy our rates down by about 50%, right? So if we were to charge our customers the true cost to deliver that power to them, we would be doubling our electric rates. Um, So we have about a 50% subsidization. Most people don't understand that. Um, And uh, it's a really important thing for our customers to understand that, to understand where that value comes from. And, and protect that Uh, and we hear that those customers that do understand it they're they're very protective of that subsidization they want us to keep those rates low
0: yeah and one good way to do that is to not use all of our energy locally if we don't have any extra to sell we don't have revenue coming in that we can buy down our local rates with
1: that's right Lacey. you know the fact that we have 80 percent of our power on average 80 percent of our power is sold out on the market that changes during the winter it's
0: oh and andy is gone (laughs) he'll come back i promise (laughs) but i will take this opportunity to do a really quick plug because what andy was talking about in terms of the cost to generate and serve our local needs with power versus the actual amount that all of us as residents we pay it's about half so we subsidize half of it and so when we do our energy efficiency spiels And talking about, you know, upgrading your windows and upgrading your to a heat pump and those kinds of things. Um, The reason why Chelan PUD offers incentives and rebates on these ways to save energy at home and at local businesses is that it allows us to free up this other energy to sell elsewhere. Um, and that money, we then, in turn, buy down our local rates so that power is even more affordable here. So we only pay, like you said, about half of the actual cost of it. And right now, through the end of the year, all of our incentives for local business and rebates on home improvements, they have gone way up, sometimes three times more money we're offering. Um to our customers to go with energy efficient products for their home. So you can check that out. You can go to shellampud.org slash save and find out all of those super boosted incentives and rebates. So we do have one customer question who is asking about our new building at Old Station. So the question is with people working remotely, will the building be 100% occupied? It's a great question. I think a lot of I mean, we talk to our local businesses a lot through our energy efficiency programs, and a lot of the employers here are saying, you know, people sometimes don't feel like coming back to the office. And um, we intend, Chelan PUD intends to have all of our folks back. Um, we are, we've been back in the office for several months, um, and we intend to maintain that moving into our new facility there at Old Station. So yeah, it's not actually a a larger building. We currently have five campuses all over. Um, So this is really a question of efficiency. We are centralizing everything so that when there is an outage, say up at Leavenworth, our crews who have their trucks here at HQ can, you know, they no longer have to go by our Holly Street Station and babble traffic to go up there. Being at Old Station, it's way more efficient to just hop in go up there with fully loaded with all the kit they need. They don't have to go to different different locations. Here he is. let
1: the squirrels did it.
0: I know, I know. This is definitely a squirrel attack.
1: I, I just saw one run through the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: great. Andy, yeah.
1: come on in. Okay. Nice
0: to meet you in person, yeah. friend.
1: Nice to <laughs> meet you too. All
0: um, right, well, you missed a couple of jokes okay. as well as there was this question that we had. Um, I sort of answered the occupation, uh, you know, how much will be occupied. Uh, but Francisco's question about the service center, we, we, we've yeah. been getting a lot of questions about it because we're closer to opening yeah. in April.
1: Yeah, will the building be 100% occupied? Um, so it's a good question. So actually um, the new service center is designed to have some expansion capabilities in the future. Um, although um, all of the square footage will be occupied uh, initially, but, some of the square footage at least in the administrative part of the building the main building that you see um, would be able to be reconfigured to put more employees um, in that, that space um, so yes it'll be 100 percent occupied initially but it is designed to have growth and expansion incorporated with it and then if you look kind of to the south of the property there's several uh, metal roof buildings that will those are specifically operational buildings for vehicles, uh, material storages and um, other um, operational type usages. And some of those buildings are designed to have um, a, or a second floor for office space as well for um, for for future expansion as well. okay yeah
0: all right, cool. yeah and I explained how uh, it's really a function of, being able to optimize our business instead of having five campuses spread out yeah. around and having to battle North Wenatchee traffic we can do our jobs
1: that's right that's <laughs> the primary benefit right there is centralizing our resources our materials and our people yep. and getting them out to you know the uh, the work locations much more efficiently
0: mm-hmm. yeah all mm-hmm. right cool so Sue has a question um there's been a lot of chatter about AMI, so smart meters being replaced. Mm-hmm. Why, why does somebody want an AMI? Why would a customer want one?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, Lacey, I, I've been working on uh, evaluating advanced metering technology, or AMI, uh, since 2007, if you can believe that. So it's been a long time. Um, and the technology has advanced to the point where we really can't afford, as a utility, not to use this technology anymore. Um, there are so many benefits. We could do a whole show just on AMI benefits. Um, but um, the, some of the primary benefits um, for specifically for a customer is their ability to get, uh, look at their energy consumption much more aggregated level. Um, right now, if they call us and said, how much power do I use, we can tell them one read a month. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's 12, you know, 12 or an estimated or an estimated amount. So uh, folks that want to use their energy um, uh, more efficiently or or in different ways um, will have aggregated access to aggregated hourly data for residential and 15 minute data for um, their residences or their businesses. In addition to how much energy they're consuming, you can there's a whole spectrum of power quality. Uh, attributes that we can look at so um, specifically looking at uh, their voltage right See, is there quality voltage coming in to the meter and going out um, so just troubleshooting power quality issues is is amazing um, there's future programs such as prepaid services you've probably heard a little bit about that uh, very very similar to um, you know prepaid phone services where you can just pay a little bit at a time um, right now we we we, we give you the power that you use it, and we bill you it monthly, kind of after the fact. Prepaid services is super popular. AMI is the provisioning technology to be able to use prepaid services. Um, notifications, um, advanced mm-hmm. notifications. If there's a power outage, um, the meters can send us a signal, and through a customer portal, we can communicate with customers, a text message on your phone, whatever. Yeah,
0: directly to right. only those yeah. who lack power yeah. instead of...
1: That's friendly. right. So, yeah. Josh, there is worried about squirrels. He could, he could, uh, <laughs>
0: Josh, you um, are now the squirrel yeah, friend. <laughs> yeah, he
1: is. You know, he could, uh, see that there's power outage associated, um, with his home. And then when the power comes back on, send a message that the power is back on. So, if you're on vacation somewhere and you're worried about, you know, your power being out during the wintertime or what have you. Um, these, these meters have the capability to, to communicate um, both with us as well as the customers. So there's just a whole spectrum of advanced technology benefits for, for our customers. And then there's the utility side, Lacey, and um, that's, that's a long list of benefits. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I'm going to put it into one, frame it into one statement about AMI, is we will be able to manage our electric system much more efficiently efficiently, much more effectively, and much more reliably by using AMI technology.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can serve you better. We can
1: <laughs> definitely serve customers better. I'd say, too, that period is a late adopter with his tech. Oh, totally. You know, other utilities, the state of Washington, most have an AMI. And in the country, there's, uh, you know, I think there's around 75 million AMI meters out there in the country today, so... Yeah. There, there,
0: there's, a, there's a lot of meters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have a question coming in here. Matthew's asking, does the PUD have any plans to change any of their athletic fields at Hydro or Walla Walla to artificial turf, reducing the maintenance cost and improving surface quality and reducing goose poop? in the fields
1: yeah the, the goose group is almost as bad as the squirrels
0: yeah yeah we've got a lot of pests <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: here <laughs> you know that that's a great question Matthew. Uh, I, and i don't know the answer to that i can tell you that we are converting some of the tennis courts mm-hmm. to pickleball courts um, pickleball's that, hot right now <laughs> super hot have you played it because i haven't played it
0: no but i will say i won't out who it is but a colleague did come in sprained after playing with some retired ladies oh really and he yeah yeah, he he lost he lost (laughs) um
1: so uh we're doing some of that however i can take that question back matthew wilson and we can we can get that answered um the ideas sound great uh but i just don't know if that's been looked at in terms of the feasibility oh but like uh, the apple
0: the apple cup you know the the playing surface that they have on there, where I think mm-hmm. it's like recycled tires, yeah. something in between the yeah. astroturf. It feels all cushy, yeah. and it's got to be better on the joints. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you have something there.
1: Yeah, I apologize. I just don't know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. come on. that's, that's one <laughs> of the yep. hard ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 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 this is one of the hard ones. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
0: if you have questions, drop them in the chat. Andy can definitely answer, except for this one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Andy, all of our teams across the PUD, we've seen um, a big uptick in questions from customers like this. I mm-hmm. see the solar ads. Is this the last year that I can get solar incentives? And is it worth the investment?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, I, I'm not a big social media um, guy, but I have seen on um, social media advertising that almost look like we're uh, advertising uh, solar for our customers. They go along the lines of saying, you know, hey, put solar up in Washington State at no cost and, you know, you'll get this, you'll save, you know, you'll cut your power bill in half and so on and so it forth. It sounds
0: a little bit too good to be true. It,
1: it, it The reality is it's a little too good to be true. Now, let me just be clear about this. Um, wind and solar are fantastic renewable resources um, and um, I think the, the country can benefit from having more wind and solar. They need to be appropriately located. And the fact of the matter is, is Washington state and central Washington, although the sun shines here a lot, it really isn't that conducive for good solar. Um, and that, that fact combined with our rates, the return on investment for a customer, for a, you know, a a, a large capital installation on a residential home, um, the return on that investment is so slow or so long, uh, they may not be able to get that return before- They, they know, will. Things failed, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit about our, our rates as well as um, just that solar, with our latitude, it's just difficult. Now, if you're in Arizona or California, of course, that mm-hmm. um, makes a lot of sense, but here, I would just tell our customers to be cautious, to ask questions, to really, really turn over each stone before they make that investment of having somebody install that on their home.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I worked with Jim White, our senior conservation <laughs> engineer, and we created a little explainer video that you can find here at shellampudorg slash solar. It's like two minutes. It explains the economics of it. It gives you a good tool, PV Watts calculator Um, which is done by the national laboratories so that you can actually cost out and estimate how much your panels will generate um, for your site. And the bottom line is even if our rates were to double, your solar panel array is probably going to cost more than it will generate in its lifetime because of our super low rates. So uh, if you wanted to generate electricity The best way to generate electricity is to stop using so much electricity, because if we make this much electricity and instead of using all of it, we free some up through energy efficiency or just more mindful awareness of how we're using it. We've just effectively generated more energy that we can sell elsewhere. Um, So that's a pretty cool feature. So energy efficiency instead of solar is actually way more cost effective. And when you insulate your attic, you you're more comfortable too.
1: Good points. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> you're offering some pretty amazing incentives from what, yeah. September through yes, the end of the year. September
0: right? 1st through mm-hmm. December 31st. Cause so the re our, our incentives are based off of the power market. So if the power market is hot, if prices are really high, if everyone wants clean hydro, because hydro it's not, you know, if we had coal generating plants and things like that, we would actually get a different price than our clean hydro so because everybody wants clean hydro right now to meet their requirements for clean energy our power markets are looking pretty good so we're able to offer more money for energy efficiency uh products at home and at local businesses so that's why but we don't really know what's going to happen in the future so our increased our boosted incentives are just through the end of the year
1: that's great get get on them now right though yes go to our website Sean org.
0: Yep. Slash save yeah. Yeah. It's this guy um, or you can just give us a call. We're here. <laughs> yeah. The same
1: squirrel folks could call me. Too.
0: Yeah. If, if you want to chat about squirrels, we also have a Josh who is a furry friend lover of squirrels. <laughs> That's right. I think yeah.
1: he would be great. To yeah. Yeah. Ask call. for
0: Josh Mitchell by yeah. name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's going to just hate him. <laughs>
0: yeah that's his number right here (laughs) cool well andy you know you kind of you kind of hit all of these questions out of it this is the last call if you have questions for andy wendell who i don't know i mean well i do have one question okay so you're called the director of customer service when i think of customer service i generally think of like a call center oh right but that's not what you do
1: well no um you know there's times where my area of responsibility will handle the call center particularly during a big power outage. And that. But, um, you know, I, we have a uh, new construction. Uh, so if you're applying for fiber or water, uh, electric or wastewater services, you would come through our engineering group. Um, so it's, uh, that's considered customer service as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, uh, we do the community outreach. Um, side of things which just falls under customer service so you know when we're as an example Lisa, when we're building a new substation or we want to build a new substation we'll we'll perform community outreach to help customers understand why we're there what we're building um, why we need to build it and really seek their input on things like landscaping or other mm-hmm. things so um yeah customer service you know spans a, a broad spectrum here at the pud um And, you know, when you've been here uh, for 30 plus years, you tend to you tend (laughs) to uh, uh, things kind of get bolted onto you and they they go with you from job to job. Sure. uh, Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All of your questions. You're kind of you're kind of an institution here.
1: Well, I'm trying to pass that on, you know. Um, like I think, what is it, 40% of our customers, or, or excuse me, 40% of our employees have been here for less than five years, you being one of them, right? This That's is a, true. This is, yeah. So there's a lot of new um, employees coming in and a lot of people with a lot of institutional knowledge have left. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it in my last handful of years, I want to try to transfer as much of that knowledge to those employees and customers as I can, Um, because the story that Shalanda County PUD has is a wonderful story, and the assets that we have, they need to be preserved, Um, and it takes community involvement to help preserve those those assets. Um, We're uh, as stewards of those resources, those hydro projects, the infrastructure that we have, those low rates, Um, but it it takes a village to, uh, to hold on to that and protect it, because it's being threatened all the time, and uh, we we uh, we need to work together. So things like this help spread the word, and I really appreciate that. And uh, uh, we should we should do more of it for sure. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Great. Well, Andy, thank you so much okay. again. So, oh wait, hold on. We have one more question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Chrissy snuck in there. Does the PUD coordinate or support employees in local volunteer
1: opportunities? Does P support employees in local volunteer opportunities? Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I think there's um, a lot of employees that uh, do things um, supporting um, volunteer efforts. Um, I think of um, uh, Arbor Day as an example, uh, you know, we, we've uh, funded and helped uh, support through volunteers. and. Um, uh, providing trees maybe that's part For of the, the reason squirrels. why we've had squirrels yeah. so I many yeah squirrels. It's, a, it's a cycle <laughs> right uh the salmon festival in levelworth earth day mm-hmm. um, i think is in chelan um so there's i mean and Wenatchee. There's, yeah and when actually there's a there's a tremendous amount of um, events that we um that employees volunteer to to help at. That. whether that's a pud um, booth if you will or information kiosk or or just a volunteering um habitat for humanity is something that a lot of employees have, have been involved in in the past and i think there's just a long 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 well business. we have our
0: annual giving
1: yeah, campaign yeah, so right. where
0: employees get together and that's we right. donate um via the community yeah. foundation
1: that's right and you know if there is a venue that uh, that is needing support volunteer support um we we can uh, help spread that word internally, and um, em- employees can, um, you know, decide voluntarily to mm-hmm. to go help that. So we're, I think we've, we're up around eight hundred employees, including seasonals, and that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people in the community. So it's
0: a lot of horsepower. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: a lot of horsepower. Right. So we'd love to help out where we could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I will say one thing that was interesting to learn. Uh, you know coming here is that as a public utility, although we have, you know, our public power benefit programs and we're able, the board is at, able to allocate those funds. We're not able to just straight gift public funds. That's right. And that was one thing that, you know, requires a little bit of education around. So as an entity, Chelan PUD can't just start cutting checks to mm-hmm. our favorite causes. But this is a great question for Christy where it's like, well, could we as employees write our own checks or could we show up as volunteer in capacity
1: yeah that gifting of public funds is something that you know we take very seriously and and we have to be cautious that without getting too far into the nuances i would say Lacey, if there's a benefit to the utility if there's a direct benefit to the utility and our customers as a whole um then you know contributions um and sponsorships can can occur um you know, particularly as we talk about, say, if there's an advertising for energy conservation, it seems, mm-hmm. as an example in the, the Good Life magazine, something of that nature. Sure. That's where we can contribute to that subscription and that advertising and, and have a return. But, uh, so, yeah.
0: We have one more question. Okay. So Francisco's saying that he was worried about 5G. Mm-hmm. Now, should he be worried about radiation from smart meters?
1: Yeah. So I just say, uh, Francisco, you know, I empathize with your concerns. There's a lot of different information um, available out there around 5G and smart meters and, you know, radiation as as a whole. I I would just caution you, uh, Francisco, to make sure that you go to the right uh, resources, the right place to get the information about about, um, both 5G and, and smart meters, um, in terms of the, the health uh, concerns that people have. Um, the World Health Organization has some great um, resources and reports and studies. Um, the Department of Energy has some fantastic um, reports on smart meters in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, now keep in mind that 5G and all these communications, including smart meters, they all are meeting uh, standards through the FCC, the Federal. Uh, communication uh, coordination councils and the FCC um, basically makes a determination on you know what's what's safe and what's not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that the particular smart meters that we have, um, the the RF frequencies are are similar to a cell phone of their phone the difference is you don't have that smart meter up to your ear all the time right Like
0: not very often no. right <laughs> right
1: like like we do our phones in, in many cases or we're carrying our phones on us uh, many times the way our smart meters are going to transmit is through rf uh, radio frequencies and um, but what it does is it'll, it'll essentially bundle it'll collect data um, basically all day long um, 24 hours a day 365 days a year and it'll it'll um, it'll send that radio frequency uh, on a scheduled event about twice a day.
0: It's so like little packets.
1: It's little packets, and it's pretty quick when it mm-hmm. does it. It's um, millis when it sends that packets. Um, but it's not sitting there, uh, you know, radiating or sending RF signals all day long every every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good thing um, for us because we can manage the traffic of data coming in and, and going out. But it's also something that I've seen the industry respond to um, since I've been looking at this technology: is is bundling that data and and sending it in small packages a couple Mm -hmm. times a day to kind of reduce people's anxiety around that. Mm -hmm. I would say, if um, Francisco, you're really concerned about, look at the difference between ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. These smart meters, even our cell phones, fall into what is called non-ionizing radiation. Um, ionizing radiation has studies indicate that it can be harmful to your health if it's mm. you know you have exposure to your skin or cell structures over long periods of time. Non-ionizing radiation is not the mm. fact, so this falls into what I consider the safe half of um, RF frequencies. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Thank you. Okay. This really is the last call. (laughs) (laughs) So next time on the power hour, we have Sean Smith, who is our managing director of energy resources. So he is an economist by trade and he is in charge of the energy traders. So these are the folks that take all of our energy and they sell it to large power users like, you know, data centers or the diamond foundry or other, you know, big projects that come to Chelan County or elsewhere. As well as on the actual wholesale market and sometimes even the spot market. Yeah. So, like when somebody needs some power somewhere in the West, Shalam yeah. PUD is there yeah. to Let's deliver.
1: See. Yeah. Sean is a fantastic uh, presenter. He's really fun to listen to. He's super knowledgeable.
0: Yeah. I'm actually really excited about
1: yeah. it. Uh, send me a notice because <laughs> I'm going to tune into that one for sure.
0: So. Cool. Well, Andy, thank you yeah, again. Thank you. All
1: right. And
0: uh, yeah, we'll okay. see you next time. All right, Lacey. See ya. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Power Hour, Season 2, Episode 9. Subscribe to this Power Hour podcast and you'll know when the next episode is ready. Join us next time as we chat with Sean Smith, Chelan PUD's Managing Director of Energy Resources. We'll learn all about energy trading. I like to call his job bringing home the bacon to Chelan County since it pays for our ultra-low subsidized rates and other public power benefits. Bring all your questions on selling power. Visit ChelanPUD.org slash Power for all the past episodes. I'm your host, Lacey Stockton, hoping you're having a fantastic swing into fall, Chelan County.